So I would go to school till 2.30, go straight to the race shop. We'd work till 5.30. Our dinner was 5.30 to 7. And then come back and work from 7 till 9, 9.30. Go home, take a shower, go to school, and replicate. clip or been to an actual NASCAR or driving race and seen those men and women walking around by the cars that have the big fancy headsets on with the microphone and everything and wondered what their actual job is like what do they do on a day-to-day -day basis and even on race day well today's guest is gonna tell us what it's like to be an actual pit crew chief for NASCAR What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? Understandably, a tough question for any 20-something to answer. So join me, your host, Taylor Marks of the Rise Year Podcast, as I talk with some cool people about what they do and occasionally go on long rants of my own about the pains of growing up. Today's guest is Brian Patty the crew chief of the 47 Kroger Chevrolet car driven by Ricky Stenhouse Jr. If you were to give me a short summarized 30 second to a minute version of what does that mean? That means uh, I manage, um, you know, a Cup Series team uh, daily, you know, come in, work with, a, we call them the A-team guys, which is the guys that travel Thursday through Sunday. Um, pit crew guys, we call the B-team guys, they come in Sunday only. Um, and you got the shop crew, which is manufacturing, um, you know, building cars and, and staying ahead of schedule. So it's, uh, it's kind of three tiers, um, who you talk to and manage, but uh, mostly you're with the A-team guys, work, you know, racing every week, traveling, um, Obviously, try and do the best you can on the weekends, uh, weekend races, and then come back in Mondays and uh, start the whole process over for 38 weeks a year. So it's it's basically a seven day. It never job. stops. No, it never stops. You can't, you know, you can't never you can never turn it off. It's uh, you know, we work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, you might have one off day, but you're always, you know, on call, email, <clears throat> stuff like that. And then you travel Thursday nights, maybe Friday mornings, and you're at the track Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's, uh, yeah. Come uh, second week of February, typically all the way through Thanksgiving, it's uh, it's kind of mass chaos. So you get literally like two months off? We get two months off, kind of, sort of. December is usually really slow. Um, rebuilding equipment and stuff like that and doing a lot of R&D for the next car um, for the next year. What's R&D? Research and development, okay. just testing, uh, you know, a lot of wind tunnel testing, stuff like that. But really, it's uh, December's the only month that A team guys have off. You know, we, we come back after New Year's and it's, you know, got to make sure your equipment's ready to travel with. Um, come 1st of February, uh, and then you start building cars typically mid January. You start, you know, getting after it because you don't, you know, kind of wait. You kind of stall the process until the last minute, unfortunately. 
on purpose so you can make sure that all the all the information and stuff that you've kind of gained over the winter you've applied right so you can't build these cars overnight it takes weeks to build them and uh, to do that you just kind of back up from whatever race you're going to back up the minimum time you need to build it and that's when you start it to make sure they're right is there an average minimum time four or five weeks Jeez. yeah it's uh I think five weeks is about the norm, but it's, it's, you know, you, so you're basically, when you build a car, you're predicting five weeks from now, what you, what you're going to need and hopefully you uh, determine right. Would it not stay the same year to year? Cause you're racing at the same tracks, correct? Different packages, different rules, different tires, all that changes. What's the package? Aero packages. Okay. Downforce, you know, the amount of downforce, which is how much air is uh, pushing down on the race car. You know, how much it's loading the car in the racetrack. Um, obviously you add more spoiler or more splitter pan, you know, air devices. It helps suck the car down. You take that away. It obviously it doesn't. So it's slower. Um, but, uh, last 20, 2019 and now leading in 2020, it's, there's a lot of tracks that's drag dependent because they've cut down our horsepower and had a lot of drag door cars on purpose, to try to make them race better. So, you know, it's, it's, a trying to decide do, we, do you want to go down for us or do you want to go drag um, and you're predicting that five six weeks out so it's fun but it's interesting <laughs> it can be challenging sometimes for those of us that aren't as car savvy down force is the negative force pushing the vehicle to the road and it has to be applied to the rear and the front and also the left and the right of the car so there is an overall balance of the car and then drag is the amount of air resistance and air flow on the car. So do you have a lot of say as the crew chief? Because you're basically, are you the one that um, overrides everything or how does that work? Yeah, it's uh, we sit down in a room, the team manager and two crew chiefs probably um, decide what avenue we're going to go to. Um, and then once we say go, you know, uh, the team manager basically goes through and you know, shop foreman and on down the line, the fabricators, uh, body men, all that stuff um, to, to finish the work, right? So, you know, you're, you're kind of like the, the point at the end. You're, you're at the point at the start because you decide what you're going to do. And then come Sunday, five or six weeks later, you're the point because that's what you make decisions on that, that race day to finish the best you can. And then it just starts over again. So it's just a, it's an evolution. It's a revolving door. <laughs> Just hope you're right. Yeah. And then, so come race day, mm -hmm. what are you doing on race day? Race day? Uh, typically just strategy. Uh, you know, the engineers have got the car where we kind of want it or think we need it for the race. Um, race day, it's pretty much communication between the driver, pit crew on the, you know, obviously they go over the wall and change tires. Um, adjustments, two tires, four tires, gas only, strategy kind of stuff. Working with Spotter on another channel. Um, What's just, Spotter? Spotter is up top. Okay. Uh, you know, tells the driver inside, outside, you know, wreck, whatever. Because obviously from the pit box where we sit on pit road, you can't see the racetrack. Uh, it's all through TV. So he spots, so he's in communication with the driver 24 seven. So you have to use multiple radios. So one, I can talk to Ricky by myself, or I can talk to my spotter by myself. 
just so every every weekend most guys do it different or a lot of guys do it different but i only i use three radios one pit crew one for the driver one for a spotter so there's three three voices in my head all the time so <laughs> do you like flip a switch and then you can change your <clears throat> no, just different you buttons different, okay just different buttons yeah it's uh it gets chaotic hopefully not though usually you you ask for drama free weekends if you do that then uh it went well and you've you've run pretty well okay do you get to typically pick the driver that you work with or are you assigned to a team and you pick a team how does that uh work? no it's you know you can choose teams to go to and they give you a driver or you know i've worked with ricky for the last what four years now so you know i chose to leave my past organization to to go with him to another one so that's the first time I've ever done that. Typically, I go to the race, I go to the team and work with a driver. Um, as of you know, my previous employer, that's what I did. I worked for another dr driver for one year. He retired, and Ricky, they put Ricky in our our car, whatever, together, and we've been together for three years now. When he left, um, we kind of both went together over to the next team program. What makes a good race car driver? I don't know. I, I, it's hard to say. He's really fast. Um, you know, he's young, so he's got potential. He's won championships in Xfinity Series, um, back to back. Would that be like the tier below? Yep. Yeah, okay. it's like a triple A. Okay. So he uh, obviously he's got the talent. He knows what to do. Um, and and off the court or off the track, he's. Uh, He's fun to be around, so it uh, it works well. Traveling three weeks a year, you better like the guy, uh, right? Yeah. So it's uh, it's got to be a good relationship, so that uh, it flourishes on Sundays and obviously doesn't doesn't put a burden on your on your home life. Yeah, that would be terrible. Thirty eight weeks and you're with someone you hate. Yeah. <laughs> so how'd you even get started in this? Um. Let's see, my father raced, but on a very hobby, you know, just weekend warrior kind of thing. Um, but that's not where I got into it. I got into it because my close friend, best friend through middle school, through school, um, middle school and high school, his name was Sean Rudman, and his brother, or his cousin, David, drove uh, dirt cars. And that family is well known up in the Northeast running dirt modifieds. Um, David's father, which would be Sean's uncle, is, you know, Hall of Fame dirt member up in the Northeast, you know, he's won hundreds and hundreds of events. So he's, and he's, he's just a great guy, right? Mm -hmm. So he's a, he's a fan favorite and, uh, in school in junior high, Sean came and said, Hey, you might want to come help me on, uh, my cousin's dirt car. It'd be fun. And that day, you know, couldn't read a wrench didn't know anything about race cars or cars period and to you know five years basically five years later you're building them based almost from the ground up except for the motors and transmissions setting them up racing them every week winning races and then graduating high school and moving to charlotte so oh, so you were like working on the weekends building cars i would go to school every day uh played sports obviously through school through junior high okay elementary school and junior high and my freshman year of high school then got in racing pretty thick um so i would go to school 
till 2.30, go straight to a race shop. We'd work till 5.30. Our dinner was 5.30 to 7. And then come back and work from 7 till 9, 9.30. Go home, take a shower, go to school, and replicate. When did you do homework? Well, I did in school. (laughs) (laughs) I did all I could to get in school. Just uh, try to be ahead and not not let it go home. And then you're traveling every weekend pretty much? We'd race Friday and Saturday nights almost every, every week from say, 1st of March in Florida till November, almost the same season. Like, just all over Florida, or did you travel all over the states? All over the southeast. The furthest we'd go north would be probably Valdosta, Georgia, okay. all the way down to, like, Punta Gorda, Florida, which is South Florida, mm-hmm. uh, San Augustine, Volusia County, um, Lakeland Speedway, East Bay Raceways, where we won a truck championship, 93, um, Ocala. Yeah, it was uh, every Friday, Saturday night. That's a very interesting uh, high school experience. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't go to the groves and drink and party like uh, some people, but uh, I was pretty busy and focused on racing. And it was fun; it was a hobby. So, so when did you figure out that you wanted to do that more than just a hobby? Probably. Because you graduated and you've been doing it for since then. Yeah. So probably 10th grade I kind of figured out this is kind of cool to be a profession and start paying attention to NASCAR a little bit uh, still racing dirt but then met up with uh, end of my junior year I met up with uh, the NEMA checks over in Volusia County at that point they were from Lakeland Florida Joe raced John his brother worked at that time but also raced um, before uh, getting in a tragic accident at Homestead in 97 I think so, so I met them in 92, July 4th, um, came up to a school in Mooresville to learn how to build NASCAR cars, mm-hmm. like a 20 day, um, little school in Mooresville, met, you know, cool people, um, people that I thought, I think saw talent in me and then also I respected. So it was a mutual benefit and they put me in the in talks with the right people. So when I left, go back and finish my high school year, my senior year, when I got out of school, I moved back up full time. So pretty much been here since uh, summer of 1993. What was your first job? First job? With that? Well, I came up and worked with uh, Joe Nemechek. And at that time, he was racing uh, the Bush Series full time and Denting number 87. Um, toward the end of the year, he shut down that team. Or at the end of the year, he shut down that team in 93. He was going cup racing in 94. Um, so I packed my bags up, moved back to Florida for I had a little, because I was low man on totem pole. Mm-hmm. Drove back to Florida. Oh, so you were at a job at this point? Okay. Out of a job yeah. for maybe, it didn't seem, a couple of three weeks. Oh. And Joe called back and said, hey, I'm starting my Xfinity team or Bush t- Series team up. We're going to run part-time. I want you to come back up and work because I'm a fabricator by trade. So I do steel and aluminum window work. How did you get that? So that's what I grew up doing at, at Rudiments, building dirt cars. Okay. You just learned the, you just learned the trade. Yeah. And that's what I learned. So moved back up toward the end of 93, probably October. We started a team with, you know, six, eight people. And we ran London season. So 94 was part-time. 
We won Richmond. Seemed like might have been the only win, but we won Richmond '94, and then uh, worked there '95, and then we won some races in '96. I went to Hendrick Motorsports for a year. I say for a year. I went there thinking I was going to stay there, but I worked on 25 car in 1996 with Ken Trader driving. Um, fabricator, setup guy, traveled, went to Wind Tunnel, and then end of 96, Nemechek called me back and said, hey, I want you to be the crew chief of my car. So at, in, one year away, come back in, in 96 and has have been a crew chief since. Just maintain that position? I've maintained that position for a while now. So back then, obviously, it was part-time, part and it's different than what it is now. How's it different? Uh, back then, uh, I wouldn't say it was less engineering-driven because we we always were trying to do tricks and figure out stuff to make car you know the car faster. Um, but you do it yourself. There was no one helping you. Small team. There was a lot of R&D work, just trial and error. Mm -hmm. um, you know, race part-time. So, you know, we 97 won a couple races our first year. Sat on poles. Had a good year. And then I just, you know, we were part-time all the way through 2004 with check. So I was in Nemco Motorsports for a long time. And then end of 2004, late summer of 2004, I, I changed teams to go to Chip Ganassi Racing to start their Xfinity program. I don't like to change. I don't like change very much. So. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, stay with the place. See yeah. what works. Yeah, it was part-time. So 2004 was the first time I went full-time to go for a championship. Previously, you just go for wins and poles. So... Racing is a little different when you do that. You can be aggressive and stuff like that. When you go to championships, you kind of got to, you know, look at the end goal, which is, you know, a full season point-wise. Make sure you do the best you can. So the championship is like you have all these races and they build up? Is it like point-based? Point mm -hmm. Okay. Point-based, yep. So, yeah, you know, every every race day they, they award points, and then at the end of the year, the highest man wins. Did that in 05, 06, and then... We were part-time in 07 at Chip Ganassi, and then 08, 2008, they made me crew chief of uh, Juan Pablo, and that was May of 2008, to the 42 car, and then was there until 2012. Oh, you were there for a while? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was at Chips for a long time, seven years. What makes a good crew chief? I don't know. Open-minded, organized. What kind of skills do you need? Do you need a college degree or anything like that to get there? Uh, depends. I wouldn't say you need a degree, but you need to be engineer-oriented. You need to know the gist of the car. It's it's trending more toward computers. Um, I don't know the most successful guys in the field. Most guys are, I'd say, half car, car smart and half computer smart. Um, like, are you doing like your tests on the computer and then we do everything on the computer? Okay. Yeah, simulations, all computer, all our notes, databases, checklists, everything's digital now. I don't know that we. I haven't used. I can tell you last time I used paper. Really? You print paper. You print a check. You print a list out to give to your 
team to do. Mm-hmm. But like nothing's really paper anymore. So yes, it's pretty much engineer based now. Wasn't that much back in the mid mid nineties when I first came, but uh, it's kind of trended that the last three or four years, and it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just a good thing that my mind works, and then in that factor, like. You know, out of high school, my father wanted me to go to Georgia Tech to become an engineer, <laughs> and I chose I chose to move to Charlotte instead. Mm, so, okay. At that point, I told him, I says, if where I'm headed, I'll, if I need an engineer, I'll hire one. And uh, <laughs> you know, save you some money. All the way to this, yeah, all the way to now. That's uh, been true. Would you have gone to college, I guess, if this didn't work out, or you kind of knew that this was going to work out, so you were just like. Putting all your eggs in this basket. Never, just never thought about going to college. No? No, not once. No, I want to race. This is what you're supposed to do? That's what I'm meant, supposed to do. Meant mm-hmm. to do? Yeah. I, I don't know. Just, I wouldn't say it felt easy, but it felt like the right thing to do. So every decision decision based on going to Charlotte, working here, I don't second guess any of it. So how does someone maybe not in your situation but somebody else like actually get started in nascar i would I, and I've, I've i guess i've told people before is you you probably need a degree to get in the sport moving forward really just where it's headed okay uh like any type of degree or? no mechanical engineering okay or electrical i mean we, we a lot of our stuff now is getting some sort of electrical status where you know Things are, you know, we're, we're ECU panels. We're, we're not standard ignition anymore. We're, you know, more computer-based. So I think goes, guys like that will be, there's, there's jobs there available, mm-hmm. but mostly it's mechanical. So um, any computer work, any simulation, you have to be good with a computer nowadays. These engineers are, uh, you know, you, you come up with an idea, you need guys that are that can relate to what you're trying to say, perform the duty, come back with the answers, right? That's a that's an elite skill that a lot of people don't have, and there's only a few. So how many people like in total are on the team? Mm, I'd say in our in our series, there's each team is supported probably forty to a hundred, depends on the size of the program. It's pretty big. And then how many cars per team? Uh, usually ten per team. Really? Mm-hmm. In years past, it's been more, but they try to cut down on costs, so it's been less, coming less and less, you know, through the rules. And I think in 2020, we get ten per team. That's just the car count they came up with. What's the future of the sport like then? You know, I don't know. It seems positive. We're commonizing a lot of stuff, making each, each I don't know, the direction we're headed, is it's going to be really about driver talent, strategy. I wouldn't say it's all going to be that way, but it's headed that way because our cars will be common, more common than they ever have been. Mm-hmm. You know, currently, you build your own cars, you take them racetrack, you race them and see where they finish. Uh, moving forward with our new, our new chassis, you'll go buy the parts, and every team will buy the same parts. So it's how you utilize those parts, strategize. So they're making it very standardized for everybody? They're trying, but it's, you know, obviously it's for the better financially mm-hmm. for the owners. You know, our sport's not, uh, doesn't seem like it's the most economical. So we've got to do something uh, to do that. You know, better racing on the track and, you know, more sponsorship off the track. So I think, uh, I think it's a step in the right direction. What are two pros and two cons to your job? Two pros? Um, early in my career, probably traveling, seeing cities that you've never seen before. Um, late in your career, traveling is a con because mm-hmm. you got you know 
family and four children. So it's a big family. <laughs> so that's a pro and a con in, yeah. in the same sentence, right? It just depends on where you are are in life. Um, I don't know. Pros. There's a lot of pros in my world because I don't even think it's a job. I, I moved here because I love racing. I'll do whatever it takes. I don't know. It's life has been good. Family is, you know, grown up, not needing much. Between that and the traveling, I think that's the two pros. The cons is uh, the hours, the work schedule. It's uh, can be hectic. Normal day, I guess, average day. What time do you leave the house? I leave the house at 5.30 a.m. And I'll get home at 5 p.m. But that's just now. That's that's a decent winter day. When the season comes, it could be later. Y'all are just busy all you day, you working on cars, doing what? Right, the, the, you know, you gotta, you gotta plan backwards right so the race is on Sunday we show up on the we practice on Fridays the truck's got to park Friday morning or Thursday night however long it takes to get the truck to, to race is when it's got to be loaded he's got to back it up so it's yeah it's it can be difficult but hopefully organization makes it less painful for everybody do you guys have like the same rituals week to week yeah I would say that's probably yeah come in Mondays post event Kind of wrap up your notes and then turn the page to the next next race. Make sure you're ready for Tuesdays. Tuesdays, um, full full force. Obviously, everybody's working on Tuesdays because um, the guys that travel have to have some days off, and the guys, manufacturing guys have days off. So they're all, they're always different, but hmm. Tuesdays are typically always full force. So everybody's working, and Tuesdays get a lot done. Wednesdays get a lot done. Get usually load on Wednesdays. Um, the traveling guys will get Thursdays off because they leave Friday morning. Mm -hmm. um, but the manufacturing guys are working Thursday and Fridays, and they take Saturday and Sundays off. So it's, you know, always trying to think ahead. So it's planning, right? So I think it's it's pretty common. It's the same. We just go to different racetracks and different cars, but it's the same routine somewhat. Do you guys actually have time to like debrief and maybe change things? Here? Well, because you're also going to a different track, so that kind of makes it yeah, interesting. Yeah, but you've already, the, the, the week of the event, you can change some things, but you can't change a lot because yeah. you decided that the build of that race car five weeks ahead. So how do you deal with that? Uh, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. <laughs> gotta gotta make sure that you. Uh, I think experience helps that. Obviously, certain tracks and different temperatures take different things. Um, tracks we go to in the spring when it's cool will be totally different when we go back there and second time and say the end of summer mm -hmm. so it's uh just gotta use your resources and notes and experience to make the best decision possible if you could do anything as a career would this be it or would what would you do i would say this is it yeah mm -hmm. so you got your dream job yeah no, no complaints <laughs> haven't complained yet wow okay no, i don't uh, i don't know Used to used to love golf, maybe that, but you know. It's more of like a side hobby. Yeah, it's just a hobby. Woodworking's a hobby, fishing's a hobby, racing's a hobby, but just uh, get to check every week. That does help. That's a little nice. So I would say uh, I'd say I picked the right thing. Okay. Do you work to live or live to work? I work to live. Yeah. I work to live. Yeah, we. I try not to bring work home. I try to separate the two. Like try to be normal from 5 p.m through 5 a.m. Mm -hmm. half a day <laughs> a um, few hours to be a yeah, regular person obviously 
obviously emails and such isn't and texts aren't that way but try to be normal when I'm home work when I'm at work how do you deal with that so that's how you deal with like the work-life balance is when you're not there don't focus on it as much if you don't have to yeah because I, I, if I'm focused on it, I should be at work so I'll just come home late but usually when I leave there I feel confident that that day is complete moving forward decisions have been made so you can almost I wouldn't say shut down but basically shut down and just focus on home life okay pretty good balance there try to yeah it's worked out so far what childhood you be happy with where you are what childhood yeah so you as a child yeah whatever your hopes and dreams as a child whatever right. you wanted would you be happy with where you are what you're doing your life yes yeah mm-hmm yep wanted to wanted to race eighth grade on as a career did you want to be a driver at the time nope oh never. okay never you never had the desire to be the driver nope why not just haven't I don't know why hmm. I always like to just see cars go fast so building cars to make them go fast be the fastest on the track be the best appearing that's always what drove me hmm. so you know with that being said that's what I try to do every week yeah so today you have 24 hours to live, unlimited money, and you can travel at the snap of your fingers. What would you do? Interesting. I don't know. I like 24 hours to live, mm -hmm. endless money. What would I choose to? And you can go anywhere at the snap of your fingers. Well, I've been blessed to go a lot of places, but I would say we have not been to Hawaii with the kids as a family. So mm -hmm. that would be the one. Bring everybody there, spend mm -hmm. 24 hours in yep. Hawaii? Yeah. All right? Something we haven't done before. So it's what's next, but just kind of, I mean, in a general sense, you're still pretty young. So do you want to do racing forever, or would you want to go in and do something else, make, I don't know, you like woodworking and all that kind of stuff? Would you want to do that? What's kind of future no, you, terms for that? I don't know that you can sustain traveling 38 weeks a year at age 60. Would you want to do it just until all the kids are out of the house? I would. Well, that's the goal. My goal has always been to age 50, 50. So that's six years from now. Okay. And that was set back when I was early 20s when we only had your friend <laughs> in the house, Alicia. So that what was What made all, you yeah, pick 50? Just, you had to set a goal, right? You have to set a goal yeah. early in life to figure out what you're going to get. You can't be endless. You got to have something to look forward to. And we always talked about retiring at 50. What are you going to do? You're so young. If you're at 50... Travel. Yeah. Travel. See things you haven't seen before. Not to worry about, you know, someone complaining about coming to work late or being sick. You just do what you want. Your own rules. But obviously it takes a lot to get there. Mm -hmm. So that's why we set goals early. Try to get there. I hope you take away these two points. The first is the importance of having dreams. So take Brian for instance. He knew at a young age in middle school and high school that he wanted to be around cars. He didn't want to be the star of the show and be the race car driver, but he wanted to win. He wanted to work on the cars and make them go faster and make them perform better. So what did he do? He put himself in the right situations around the right people and one thing led to another and he put in all this hard work and it paid off. And so now here he is, 44 years old, 
and he's living his dream. He's the crew chief of the 47 car for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And the second is setting an end goal. So having something to work towards that is far off in the distance that allows you to figure out how to get there and figure out the small steps that will take you from point A to point B. So Brian, when he was in his early to mid 20s, set the goal that he wanted to retire at the age of 50. And he's on his way to doing that. Almost all the kids are out of the house, and so now it's just waiting time and enjoying the next six years that he has in this career.